sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of a Football Friday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grizz Network. That's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Yes, this is a Football Friday. Plenty of football in store in this second hour. We will check in on the week number four Saturday slate for college football even a game on this friday up in central new york at the home of the unbeaten syracuse orange i'm a proud alum of su all of that coming your way week four is my favorite slate so far of this college football season joe p sapia the almost birthday boy will join us for the prop perspective for the nfl sunday slate but to start our number two we go elsewhere around the sports landscape a ton still happening outside of football last night Yankee Stadium against the bitter rivals in the Boston Red Sox Aaron Judge stuck at 60 home runs could he launch number 61 could he do it bottom of the ninth game tied at four long fly to center caught on the warning track but the Yankees still prevail in extras winning in the 10th five to four Aaron Judge hitless last night O of two at the dish but was walked three separate times somebody throw him a cheese ball somebody let him launch number 61 you're not going to remember your outing against the Yankees in the Bronx you could be remembered as the pitcher where Aaron Judge hit 61 or 62 against you so the hunt for history still continues for number 99 in pinstripes looking for number 60 uh 61 excuse me so as you looked at the pregame numbers again they're all very drastically in favor of the betting public buying in to Aaron Judge launching home run 61. Plus 240 was his home run prop last night, a relatively short number for a home run prop. We see most of these at least $3 throughout the year. But then again, Aaron Judge has hit 60 of them so far. It was even 20 to 1 to hit two or more home runs last night. You'll see from Andrew Bocciagalupo a little bit later on, he expects that to happen on this Friday for Aaron Judge in the Yankees. There's been a ton of conversation about this Friday night game for the Yanks against the Red Sox. It will be streamed on Apple TV. It will not be on Yes Network, the regional home of the New York Yankees. It will not be Michael Kay on the call. It wasn't a national game like last night on Fox. It's very interesting. So because of that, maybe that provides the spark for 61 and maybe even the record breaker in 62 the Maris family has been there in Yankee Stadium to witness all of this it's been interesting though to see where the Yankees are they keep winning baseball games and Aaron Judge has said that's the best part of this all they are leading the American League East they have the second best record in the American League but the odds have been a little bit all over the place when it comes to the American League pennant and the ALCS because the favorites to win the pennant are the Houston Astros they have the best record in the American League. They will hold home field advantage throughout their entire run in postseason baseball. Yet their odds to reach the American League Championship Series are worse than that of the pinstripes at the moment. The Yankees minus 185, the Astros 
minus 170. So it's the Yankees and the Red Sox tonight up in the Bronx. Can Aaron Judge hit number 61? His home run prop tonight is plus 215. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The second hour of a football Friday, but elsewhere in the world of sports right now. Live on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So the hunt for history, the chase for number 61 and maybe 62, which would be an American League record for Aaron Judge. That continues tonight up in the Bronx against the Red Sox. The President's Cup. Now underway in golf as well. Team USA entered as a minus 700 outright favorite. Those odds after a big opening day in Charlotte, North Carolina at Quail Hollow only getting better. Minus 1,800. That outright price now on Team USA. They won the foursome portion of yesterday 4-1. to one. You need 15.5 points to claim the President's Cup. The USA has done that 11 of the 13 events in its history with eight straight however four ball favors the internationals a little bit more something to keep an eye on from that live odds perspective for friday at quail hollow and now an update to the ime udoka story that we brought you yesterday officially announced last night from the boston celtics organization ime udoka has been suspended for the upcoming 2022-23 nba season within that press release shared out by the celtics organization yesterday this is what stood out Quote, a decision about his future with the Celtics beyond this season will be made at a later date. This was Ime Udoka's response to that decision, the year-long suspension from the Boston Celtics. Ime Udoka saying in a statement last night, I want to apologize to our players, fans, the entire Celtics organization, and my family for letting them down. I am sorry for putting the team in this difficult situation, and I accept the team's decision. Out of respect, for everyone involved, I will have no further comment. The Boston Celtics still booked as the favorites to win the NBA championship on the FanDuel Sportsbook at plus 550. The Boston Celtics are still the favorites to win the Eastern Conference at plus 280. Media days just around the corner starting next week with the NBA season about two weeks away. Tons of questions still remain about that Celtics situation. But what we know, Ime Odoka suspended for the 2022-23 NBA season. We go to the streets of New York. Benny and the Bets is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Week number three of the National Football League season has already begun. It happened last night in Cleveland, Ohio, between the Browns and the Steelers. Week number two, though, was a good weekend for teams that play football in and around the New York City area or even just within the Empire State. The Bills, the Giants, and the Jets all victorious. The Giants and the Bills are unbeaten. A perfect 2-0 to start off the 2022 campaign welcome back to a football friday live on the morning after on sports grid i am ben stevens but when we hit the streets of new york i am benny and the bets and we hit the streets new york 
as always with our executive producer here in the mornings and out there in the field, Alex Fasano. However, Faz is a big diehard fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So last mm. night's game, probably not his favorite start to a new week in the NFL. Faz, before we get to Benny the Bets, if you want to take 30, 45 seconds here, even a minute to vent about last night, the floor is yours. Ben, let me just say, it's a great football Friday to be here with you. I just wish it was on better terms. I stayed up till midnight last night to watch my team disappoint me. And a bad beat, might I add, after that touchdown in the last 10 seconds of the game. But let me just quiet all the Steeler fans right now. Enough of this, Kenny, Kenny. I would love to see oh. Kenny when I'm there next week when they play the Jets in week four. But it's not going to happen, unfortunately. Mitch wasn't the problem last night. When are they going to throw it to the middle of the field? I don't think every single team over the last 12 weeks has been scheming against the Steelers to protect the middle of the field. It's like they only play the sidelines. Pat Fryermuth was only targeted twice in the fourth quarter. That was his first target. Mitch is not the problem. It's the play calling. We, we're spoiled, though. I mean, the Steelers, I've never seen a losing season, so I'm a little spoiled. I'm, it's, it's getting right. to me. I'm starting to feel like these Jets fans, these New York fans, so I finally start oh, to see God. what they're always complaining about. So I'm just going to take a deep breath. We're going to enjoy oh. being at the game next week at Akersher Stadium. It's still Himes to me. But it's not Mitch, guys. The team needs a lot. And also, TJ Watt, I think they haven't won a game when he misses the game. So TJ is a huge cock to that team. Look, it's only week three. They're one and two. Let's all just take a deep breath with these Steelers, guys. It's not done yet. There's a lot of football left. I'm sorry, Ben. I, my rant is over. You can continue. No, no. I mean, listen, a very fair <laughs> rant. The offensive line has had its fair share of struggles, and we thought that would be a weak spot for Pittsburgh offensively entering this season as well. And there has been a lot of clamor, not just for Kenny Pickett, but maybe for a new offensive coordinator. Matt Canada mm. has fallen short a time or two, speaking of those schematics fast but i like what you did there you worked in a little slander against the new york teams in the jets in the giants that was bold in your rant about the pittsburgh steelers well you know before was uh the steelers it was the jets and giants always losing games and before that it was the bills but you know everybody wow. in new york is so excited everybody getting winning it. New York team. Well, you have, to, you have to hit everybody, Ben. Fair is fair. I mean, the Bills were losing against Tom Brady every single week. So now it's a new era in Buffalo. It's a new era for New York sports. So enough about my Steelers, and I'm just going to stop complaining about a rough Thursday night football game. Let's just all take a deep breath on this football Friday. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week edition of Benny and the Bets. The Buffalo Bills, the New York Giants, and the New York Jets all won week number two. In fact, both the Bills and the Giants are undefeated so far this season. So today we hit the streets of Manhattan to find out who's the best football team in the state of New York. Who's the best football team in New York? I have no idea. Who's the best football team in New York? Nets. Basketball, but Brooklyn. Foot football. I don't know. I don't watch football. Okay, here we are. Having fun. A lot of people. New York, who you think? Who's the best team? Who's the best team? Yeah. New York. Just New York in general. That's a really good answer. Yankees. The Gators. That's Florida. That's crazy. Cowboys. Cowboys? They play in Dallas. You're crazy, man. And they suck. Giants. What about the Jets? Nah, Giants fan, man. Giants. Buffalo Bills. Giants. Giants, of course. Not the Bills? Nah, no way. New York Giants. What about the Buffalo Bills? 
I'm gonna go with the Giants. Okay, stick with the Giants. I like your style. Uh, let's go with the Giants right now. Jets. Giants. Giants. The Giants. The Giants. 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 The gi oh, the Giants, of course. Or the Jets? Nah, the Giants are better. What about the Bills? Oh, I mean, uh, oh, a Giant fan. The Bills are good. Uh, the Jets. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the Giants. Not the Bills. Uh, the Bills, yeah, sure. Yeah, Bills. The Bills. Better than the Giants and the Jets? Yes, 100%. Oh, yes. That's what they do for Benny and the Bats on the streets of New York. Uh, the Bills. The Bills actually play their home games where? I don't know. Giants. The Giants play their football where, though? In New Jersey. Is that anger you as a New Yorker? Uh, it did for a while, but I'm over it. Does that make you mad? Even as a Giants uh, I'm a Jersey boy, so I claim it. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Does it make you mad that the New York Giants and the New York Jets play football in New Jersey? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it Me does. too. It does. You want to give an angry face to the camera? Look at us, how angry we are. The Giants <laughs> are undefeated right now. So are the Buffalo Bills. Who do you think loses first? Giants. <laughs> but they're the best. I know, but they're the Giants. <laughs> Who do you think loses first? Giants. Probably. Giants. The Giants and Jets play in? New Jersey. Just <laughs> talk about there conundrum. Is. There it is, right there. That's why the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the state of? New York. There it is. Got you. You got it today. A New York parlay for your weekend. Buffalo's going to cover on the road, minus five and a half. The Giants will cover on Monday night, laying two and a half at home. And we bring it to college as well. Syracuse laying double digits against Virginia on Friday. That's a winner. There you go, Ben. You just had to get your Syracuse saying. Syracuse is the only one of the four mentioned on that edition of Benny and the Bets that is a perfect 3-0 this year. Buffalo's only won two games. The Giants have only won two games. And the Jets only have won a single game. Syracuse in the Dome on this <laughs> Friday night against the Virginia Cavaliers. Faz, lay the 9.5. Syracuse is covering against Virginia. All right, I'll get right on that. Hopefully, the Carrier Dome is rocking for your orange. But, uh, Ben, let's get Jamie Weiler stuff about this segment. Oh, I apologize. I just assume when Syracuse plays, that place is always rocking. So, my apologies. But let's get into the producer pick, shall we? I'm sticking with college football, though, because I told you beginning of the season, I'm all in on college football. And what's the team I mm -hmm. love the most this season, Ben? USC. USC. Five and a half on the road against Oregon State. I mean, Guys, Caleb Williams, Heisman candidate, USC, Lincoln Riley. I'm riding the Trojans all season long, Ben. Listen, here's the thing. Last week, Faz picked USC at home to cover against Fresno State. They were a 12.5-point favorite at the opened. It closed at 10.5. The line worked against him. The same thing is happening this week. The Trojans were a 7.5-point favorite, now just 5.5. But USC is one of five teams in all the sport that has been booked as a favorite in all three games and covered the number in all three. And they have the highest cover margin in all of the sport as well, Faz. 13 points per game on average. So there you go. There's some SC love for you on this football Friday. There you go. We love to see it. And let's rip through these last two picks. Our guy, Andrew Bacigalupo, he's riding with his Yankees. Yeah. Aaron Judge ties the home run tonight, plus 215. I may even look at his two home runs to break the record at 18 to 1. And, of course, our hottest picker of the board, Jesse Metzger. He's riding with Michael Thomas over 54.5 receiving yards. They're taking on the Carolina Panthers. And he's hit this number in both games so far this season. I think Jesse's on to something, guys. I think we got to ride with all three picks here on the board today.
Michael Thomas's prop week number one, Faz, was 47 and a half. It's barely moving up. That's a great look from Jesse Metzger. And of course, Bocce. Think of the Apple TV bump for Aaron Judge tonight in the hunt for 61 and maybe even number 62. Alex Fasano, have a wonderful weekend. A college football week four rapid fire around the country up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Outside of the first full Saturday slate of the college football season, back at the beginning of September, week number one, week number four now of CFP is by far my favorite that we have seen so far here in this 2022 campaign. Welcome back to a Football Friday, football in always, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. Week four of the college football season only 33 remaining unbeaten teams left at the fbs level out of 131 programs and this weekend we have four matchups that pit an undefeated team against an undefeated team we have three ranked versus ranked games as well a top 25 side against another top 25 side there is only one game this weekend that matches both of that criteria it happens in winston-salem North Carolina, and it's between number 21, Wake Forest, hosting number five, Clemson. A huge game that will have tons of ramifications for the ACC. Yes, here even before the end of September. Clemson, a seven and a half point favorite on the road against Wake, an over-under that stands at 55 in a hook. Clemson has been dominant in this series. 13 straight victories for the Tigers over the Demon Deacons. What stood out to me about this game is Wake Forest's team total. It's at 23 and a half. Now, Clemson hasn't been the greatest defense so far, at least according to the metrics against the other competition in college football. But that is the strength of this Clemson side. They've allowed 14.7 points per game to their opponent. But I think they're better than that. And I think they will step up in their biggest bits of competition. However, the Demon Deacons team total tells me that at 23 and a half, if Wake is to keep this game within that touchdown and a half margin, it will be because of Sam Hartman, their quarterback, and that Demon Deacons offense. That's the game breakdown overall. But again, significant for the ACC. Don't believe me? Hear from the Clemson head coach, Dabo Sweeney. Uh, we're excited about you know our first division road game. Obviously, we've got one conference win, and that that's that's always great. But you know uh, now you get into division play. We got five straight division games coming up, and and uh, you know they're critical. And to be able to go on the road uh, is and win is what it takes if you're gonna you know win your league. Uh, you got to you got to win on the road. And so our next goal is to win the division, and. Uh, you know, it's already in progress, uh, obviously, after three games as we're building our team and one conference game already. But uh, this is a huge, huge game for us. It's a huge game for Wake. This is two good football teams that are that are both, you know, improving. Um, and uh, both teams want the exact same thing. So, How significant is this game? 
Clemson is a minus 165 favorite to win the ACC championship. Clemson had won the ACC title six straight seasons. That streak was snapped last year in 2021. It was Pittsburgh that won the championship in the ACC. Wake Forest representing the Atlantic Division that Dabo Sweeney talked about. But in the six previous years, those six straight conference titles for Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, six straight appearances as well in the college football playoff. That is how much this game means in Winston-Salem tomorrow between Clemson and Wake Forest. Again, a seven and a half point spread. So seven games in total we are going to get to here. Four games that feature a unbeaten team against an unbeaten team. Three ranked versus ranked matchups. That's the only one that has both unbeaten on both sides inside the AP top 25 for both schools as well. But let's go to a top 20 tilt within the SEC where the other two ranked games are on Rocky Top tomorrow, Tennessee and Florida. A 10 and a half point spread in favor of the Volunteers, although the Gators have owned this conference rivalry. Florida has won 16 of the last 17 against the Vols, yet it's Tennessee at home laying double digits. That Volunteers offense is very, very good. It's why the total is at 62 and a half. Last year, Tennessee, the seventh best scoring offense in all of the country. Tennessee have lived up to that billing so far this season, but the defense last year for the Vols, where the questions are, 31 and a half points per game given up to their opponent. If Florida is to keep this game within margin, again, I think it's a similar game script to that of Wake Forest against Clemson. Normally, when you see a touchdown or greater underdog, their way to a cover, keeping the game competitive, keeping the total under. I think it's quite the opposite for both the Demon Deacons and the Gators. And it needs to be more from Anthony Richardson. Two interceptions in each of the past two games for Florida. And as it has gone this year, no touchdown passes for AR as of yet. Florida as a favorite 0-2 against the spread this year, losing outright in one of those games. But as an underdog, the only time this year at home against Utah, a winner outright. That's one of the ranked versus ranked matchups within the SEC Here's another one. At the Star, Saturday night in Dallas, Arkansas, in Texas A&M. Number 23 in the country. That's what the Aggies are. Arkansas is a top 10 team. A&M won in a big ranked versus ranked non-conference game last week at home in College Station against Miami. 17-9, the Aggies covering as a 5.5-point favorite. A 2.5-point favorite here, where the line has actually worked in favor of the Aggies, although I believe the Razorbacks should be favored. Here's the idea of this game. Good versus bad. Arkansas's rush offense, very, very good. Top 10 in the country. K.J. Jefferson at the quarterback spot. And Rocket Raheem Sanders, the fourth leading rusher in all of college football. But, but the bad for the Hogs is that passing defense. The worst in the country giving up more than 352 yards per game through the air to their opponent. However, we haven't seen Jimbo Fisher, now Max Johnson, the starting quarterback, and that AM offense really get going this year. Only 17 points last week against Miami. As of right now, the Aggies have the worst scoring offense in all of the SEC. And as we look at the SEC... It's a pretty drastic picture here, even where you would see the names of Arkansas and A&M and Florida and Tennessee, all teams within the top 25, yet by the odds, don't really stand a chance 
of winning the conference title. Georgia is the favorite now at minus 130. That gap widening slightly, even ahead of Alabama. The tie, the second best price at plus 110. Alabama, a 40 and a half point favorite in its SEC opener against Vanderbilt. Georgia in non-conference play, nearly a 48 point favorite against Kent State. Let's go to a Big Ten opener. Unbeaten versus unbeaten. One of these four matchups that we have this weekend. Number four, Michigan, inside the big house in Ann Arbor early tomorrow against Maryland. The Terps also a perfect 3-0. But it's a 17-point spread in favor of Michigan, who has won six straight against Maryland by an average margin of greater than 30 points per game. Maryland in the non-conference, very, very good. But Maryland in Big Ten play under head coach Mike Loxley dating back to the start of the 2019 season, just 6-17, and 17, both straight up and against the spread, a 26.1% cover percentage that is the fourth worst in college football in that span. From the Big Ten to the Pac-12, another unbeaten versus unbeaten matchup as we go rapid fire around the country. Number seven, USC, on the road in Corvallis, a difficult place to play against Oregon State. USC now just a five and a half point spray favorite. As we mentioned earlier, this line opened at seven and a half in favor of the Trojans. It is down by two points, only five and a hook. Why? Well, Corvallis is a difficult place to win football games, but Chance Nolan and Jonathan Smith for the Beavs, very good this year. Unbeaten, a perfect 3-0. They closed as a slight one-point favorite against Fresno State, who USC beat last week as well. Oregon State won that game. They are a perfect 3-0 against the spread, as are the Trojans. USC booked as a favorite in every game so far, covering under Lincoln Riley in every game so far by an average margin of 13 points per game. It is the best cover margin in all of college football. Three of the four undefeated versus undefeated matchups. The fourth and final is the most peculiar of them all. In Lawrence, Kansas tomorrow. Kansas in front of a sold-out crowd hosting Duke. Both the Blue Devils and the Jayhawks. A perfect 3-0 so far this season. Basketball Blue Bloods, now football schools. In Kansas, the third best scoring offense in all of the country. Averaging 53 points per game. Know the name Jalen Daniels. He is the starting quarterback for KU. Look out for his props come tomorrow. Over 200 passing yards last week. Over 100 on the ground as well against Houston. Combining for five total touchdowns. And you want to talk basketball schools. How about the matchup in Syracuse, New York tonight? Inside the JMA Wireless Dome. A tough place to play on a Friday night. My Syracuse Orange a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against Virginia. SU has been a double-digit favorite just 30 times since 2000. This is nine-and-a-half. They would have to win by double digits to cover this number. They have not lost in any of those 30 games outright. That's a beneficial thing. In Syracuse on Friday nights, four-and-two straight up, three-and-one at home in the last five seasons. Syracuse is one of those remaining 33 unbeaten teams in college football, in one of just 16. That is a perfect 3-0 as well against the spread. Also, Virginia's offense 
has really fallen off this year. They were averaging a season ago 33.8 points per game, a top 25 offense in college football, now averaging just 17.7 points per game. That's bottom 15. And oh yeah, UVA, winless against the spread, 0-3 against the number. Syracuse laying the points tonight. That's a heck of a best bet for your Friday. A football Friday continues in the NFL up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We are back in the National Football League, getting you ready for week number three. Your Sunday slate all across the NFL. But one thing we know, first and foremost, Syracuse and the points tonight at home in the JMA Wireless Dome against Virginia. That is a birthday gift to our next guest, a soon-to-be birthday boy starting Monday, (laughs) Joe Pisapia, the host of Fantasy Sports Today, each and every Sunday morning to provide that DFS prop perspective for your Sunday slate in the NFL. There you go, Joe. Syracuse minus nine and a half. You're welcome. You don't even need to send me a thank you card. You're so good to me. You're so good to me. I appreciate that. And thank you for the early birthday wishes. I appreciate it. I, I don't even know how that information gets leaked out, but I guess the internet is, you know, always undefeated. The internet is undefeated. And when you add me on Facebook, that's how I find yeah. out. And that happened recently. So now Joe P and I, virtual friends here over our remote broadcast system and internet friends as well i would consider us joe great friends and we're glad to have you here on the morning after on this football friday all right let's go around the nfl slate for sunday some games we haven't hit on yet and maybe the one that will draw the most attention come sunday afternoon joe p the matchup of number 12s in tampa bay florida on sunday tom brady number 12 for the buccaneers against aaron Rodgers, number 12 for the Green Bay Packers. Right now, the Bucks, a one and a half point favorite, a very short spread with a very low total, Joe, at 41, 41 and a half. How many times in the last decade plus, if you were to pit Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady, would you see a total in the low 40s? So are you expecting an unusual game between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady on Sunday? I'm not. I'm expecting a usual game, and I understand that that's a hard sell, and I've had a lot of discussions, uh, some might say arguments, they might call it that way, with my colleagues (laughs) at Fantasy Pros just yesterday about this very game, and I understand that Devontae Adams is gone. I get it that Brady without his weapons isn't the same Tom Brady, and he's not going to have Mike Evans for this game, and Julio's not looking good, but what makes these quarterbacks so great is that they can find ways to beat you. And I understand so far the early narrative is the Bucks defense is what's carrying them, and that is not untrue. We also know that the Saints right. historically always give Tom Brady problems no matter how many weapons he's got on the field. So I don't want to lose sight of that. I, I don't want to also lose sight of the fact that the Green Bay Packers didn't have to do a whole lot to beat the Bears last week. So they didn't have to throw the ball 35, 45 times. They could have just run it down their throats, beat them handily, and moved on. Now, Alan Lazard is very important. I do think getting him healthy is crucial. Now, he did play last week uh, in that game. He ran a lot of routes, but he didn't do a whole lot. He has been limited in practice so far this week, but that's a big one. I think if he's got Lazard and the rest of the complement of weapons, I know a lot of people are questionable there, and he's got the two running backs. I think this game might deliver more than people realize. It might be more of a fantasy game than people realize as well, and it might be more of an over 
than people realize because that Tampa Bay defense against the run is not as good as it was year over the year, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, do we really think this moment is lost on these two quarterbacks? I mean, do we really think the egos of these two Hall of Famers isn't going to show up somehow in this game? I find that hard to believe. So I'm going to put my money here on these uh, two number 12s to go to the over here. I like how you break that down because the total is so low. If they do even have any bit of offense, it should push us to an over of that 41 in a hook. It's been a different calling card, though, for both teams so far. You mentioned the defense leading the way. You mentioned the Packers on Sunday night running the football 38 times against the Chicago Bears. The Bucks, Joe, who threw it the most in the National Football League last year, 66.5% of Tampa's plays through the air now running it at nearly 50% of the time. That is the seventh most in the National Football League through two weeks. And the Packers, a top 10 rushing play percentage as well at 46.1%. Maybe that in the defenses has led us to a small over-under at 41 in a hook. All right, let's continue going through the Sunday slate for week number three. The reigning Super Bowl champs, Joe, that opened the season where they won the Lombardi Trophy inside SoFi Stadium. Each of the first two weeks, the Rams now on the road for the first time this year. A divisional matchup against the Cardinals. LA, a greater than field goal favorite, but just barely. We saw the Cardinals pull off that 20-plus point comeback last week in the second half against the Raiders the Rams looked great early Joe and then allowed the Atlanta Mm. Falcons to get back into that football game and Marcus Mariota the boys had an opportunity for the upset in Los Angeles so as we see this game this week a three and a half point spread how do you feel about both of these teams well I don't think the Rams are invincible like some other people think in fact I'm old enough to remember last season where the Rams let a lot of teams back in the games and lost a few of those Mm. games as well. And it was only a few good bounces of the balls and the playoffs that really got them to the Super Bowl in the first place. So the Rams have always been a team that's very talented, but very top heavy and flawed at many times. Uh, It's something that, you know, I would say when you're looking at the Rams, this should be a game that they win. They should win handily because the Arizona defense is not good. And the offense is, you know, not healthy or not on the field because James Conner, we don't know what we're going to get out of him necessarily you got to imagine that hollywood brown's getting locked up for most of this game by ramsey despite his shortcomings in week one ramsey is still in that upper echelon of corners i think we still put him there uh, greg dorch has been very good out of the slot if you're looking to invest in anything he's a fascinating guy you look for some props on him he's gonna get some work yeah. but I, I keep coming back to the same point like the rams are not invincible if you want to see what invincible looks like Go take a look at the Buffalo Bills and all their stats and what they're doing right now. The Bills are the most complete team in football, and it's not close right now for me. But the Rams right now, again, should win this team, this game. It's on the road. Everything points to that. Cliff Kingsbury, I think, is kind of spinning his wheels right now. They don't have Hopkins. They're not going to have Rondell Moore again. They're missing a ton of weapons. And if you're missing James Conner, too, this just puts them in a really bad spot, especially in this defense. Now, look, the Cardinals have shown some heart in the first two weeks. There's no doubt about that. I want to give them some credit. Yeah. But again, I think personnel-wise, they just don't match up very well with the Rams. And it will be an interesting game that will have some sort of ramifications for the NFC West. And NFC West team, Joe, in action on Sunday night football in the Mile High City, the Niners, taking on the Broncos. We'll focus on San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo in just a moment. But SF right now booked as a short one-and-a-half-point favorite in Denver on Sunday night, I think more because of the Broncos at this point, 
Joe P. What is wrong with Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett <laughs> especially, and the rest of the Broncos right now? Nathaniel Hackett looks overwhelmed. He looks out of his depth in these first two games as a head football coach in the NFL. And look, I mean, there's still plenty of time to turn that around. But if you look at what Mike McDaniel has done in the first two weeks of the season, all he's done is beaten Belichick and Harbaugh. And now all of a sudden, Nathaniel Hackett looks like he is completely confused. He doesn't look like he's got the right calls, the right time, the right things going on. They're not 100% prepared. This is a very dangerous game for Denver because the San Francisco defense is very good. Now, you can throw on them a little bit. I don't know what the health is right now. No one really does quite certainly. We'll get more information on it later today about Jerry Judy. But I think when you're looking at this game right now, I think you're going to look at the other side and you can look at San Francisco and you can look to props and things like Debo Samuel's rushing total mm -hmm. because that's something that I was fading with Debo Samuel coming into the season because Debo is a phenomenal talent. But with Trey Lance running the football, taking some of those rushing equity away, you had to fade Debo just a little bit. Now it's Jimmy G back under center. I think you go right back to that well in fantasy. I think you're trading for him everywhere because I'm not saying he's going to replicate what he did last year. That's a little absurd. But that rushing total is going to be higher than I think we all expected it to be at the end of the year. Jeffrey Wilson Jr. Yeah. is capable. I think we know what Jimmy G is. We know what the San Francisco team is. In a lot of ways, they're a better football team, but maybe a less exciting offense potentially. And I keep using the word potentially because we really never saw it with Trey Lance yet. We never got that opportunity because of the weather in the first game and because of the, mm -hmm. the briefness of his appearance before the injury in the second game. So I think we're back to status quo here with the 49ers. Good defense. I do expect Russell Wilson to figure things out eventually here. It is a new city. It is a new team. It is a new personnel. It's a new playbook. There's so many new things that you had to realize that it was going to be some growing pains and learning curve in this offense. Yeah. But the, my bigger problem right now in terms of investing in the Broncos is Nathaniel Hackett. And I think you get outcoached a lot of teams and in a lot of ways you see that every week. And I think this is one of those teams right now is going to get outcoached until further notice. Debo Samuel has been very consistent on the ground this year. 52 yards week one against the Bears, 53 last week against the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. Only four carries last week, eight in that opening Sunday against the Bears. Debo, of course, wanted his wide receiver money throughout this offseason and didn't want to be as utilized in the ground game. But now with Jimmy Garoppolo under center, maybe Joe is right. Maybe he gets more utilized in that rushing attack because, Joe, what stood out to me, following the Trey Lance injury from an odds perspective was the fact that it didn't matter much to San Francisco's outlook for 2022. Their win total entering the year, nine and a half. The over had the juice. It's still nine and a half, and the over has the juice. They are still minus 172 to make the postseason, and their odds to win the NFC, we NFC West excuse me, following week one and then after week two actually grew shorter, plus 165 now. I don't remember a time Joe nor could I think of another area in football where if your starting quarterback went down your odds would remain the same or in fact maybe even get slightly better so how do you evaluate the Niners at this point with Jimmy G at the helm I like I said before I, I think they're a, a better football team in terms of their confidence level I think they're a football team that kind of knows their identity now they they also have limitations with Garoppolo right, right. so the, the big play potential isn't there as much the Ability to press the ball downfield with Garoppolo's arm compared to Trey Lance isn't there. But once again, this is all theoretical with Trey Lance. And as much as any of us might love the talent of Trey Lance, at the same time, you have to call it what it is, which we haven't seen it yet at this level in its full capacity. So in a lot of ways, I think, you know, Jimmy G is a quarterback they believe in. But again, when you go back and you look at, say, 
the NFC Championship game last year, or you go back and look at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, you see the shortcomings. You see the inability to make some of those big throws at those big moments. It's going to be a lot of quick slants again. It's going to be a lot of the same. Brandon Ayuk's value yeah. might take a little bit of a hit here, especially if George Kittle's coming back uh, at some point to play and is healthy. Uh, I think what happens is we we know who the 49ers are again. And I think they're a team that is going to contend for this division yet again. I really do. Honestly, I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, they might be hungrier than the Rams. And I think that's something to pay close attention to. So if you're looking to make those wagers in that NFC West, I mean, we all know what Seattle is. I think it's pretty clear. We all know the deficits of the Cardinals and the Rams continue to be that team. As you said it, they let other teams back in. They take their foot off the gas. It's a lot of star power. But the depth of that roster is very thin. So whenever you have key injuries at key spots or you're missing players year over year, it does show up. They're missing players on the offensive line year over year. That's been an issue. They're missing that pass rush they had last year of Von Miller. They're missing at the end of the year the Odell Beckham touchdown threat. They're missing a lot of pieces right now. So I wouldn't get fooled too much and, and worry too much about what the Rams did last year. I'd be much more interested in what the 49ers might be able to do this year. The ceiling, maybe, with Jimmy Garoppolo based on the potential of Trey Lance is not as high with San Francisco, but the floor is certainly not any lower. Joe P., you're wearing the Patriots hoodie. It's a brisk day outside. What are your thoughts about New England at home getting two and a half points against the Baltimore Ravens? Only about 40 seconds left. Uh, you know, I'm just going to kind of watch the game like this. You know, my eyes are going to look out every now and then. I mean, that's kind of how I was last week, and they won. Uh, it's not going to be pretty yeah. for New England. I mean, New England doesn't have – same thing. They don't have any offensive weapons that you fear, and that is a problem. Yeah. Unless they're going to start giving Ramondre Stevenson the ball instead of just having him on the field all the team all the time, that is the problem. And Baltimore, certainly after doing what they did or what they didn't do in the fourth quarter or last week, yeah. it's a little dangerous matchup there for New England. I just hope they give you the birthday gift that you so, so <laughs> deserve. That is my only hope for you, Joe P. Have a wonderful birthday weekend, and we appreciate your time here on the morning after, as always. We round out the show with a best bet for your NFL Sunday slate up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our two hours together here, live on this Football Friday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here all week long on the morning after. And of course, this Football Friday. On the first official day of fall, we are truly into football season. Week three of the NFL, week four of college football i'm going to give you an nfl best bet so you can look back on this show and get ready for your sunday slate the nfl is king i will not argue otherwise but you know what the real best bet is on this friday night it's syracuse laying nine and a half at home in the dome against a virginia team that has forgotten how to play offense this year it's an easy bet for you syracuse and the points tonight you know how it goes so we'll focus on the nfl for the Sunday slate before we say farewell and before we say goodbye it's time for an NFL best bet it is time for bye bye bye
You always like when the market starts to work in your favor early in the week. Last night, as I was doing prep for this football Friday, I jumped in on my triple option. I like to parlay my side, my total, and my prop. It's a little bit of fun. So I already grabbed Baltimore over 22.5 for their team total against New England. It is now up to 23.5, updated on this Friday morning. I don't mind that number either though because Baltimore right now has gone over both 22 and a hook and 23 and a half in each of its first two games this year averaging 31 points per game so far in the first two weeks of this NFL season and last week yes they coughed away that game or the Dolphins came back dramatically whatever it is they had 473 yards of total offense and when Lamar Jackson is healthy the Baltimore Ravens offense is a top 10 unit 2019 averaging 32 points per game the best scoring offense in the league 2020 eighth best scoring offense averaging nearly 28 points per game over 22 and a half for the Ravens against the Patriots on Sunday we'll talk again on Monday when the morning after returns at 9 a.m. Eastern